0: First week of the new year, it is that time when we think about goals again, and we think about what do I want for the next year. So in this episode, we're going to talk about goal setting, we're going to talk about things to do things not to do things to avoid when you're setting your goals and how to set yourself up for succeeding. At achieving your goals this year. You're listening to The Terry Holland Show, the podcast for high-performing entrepreneurs ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And if you want to get there faster, go to terryholland.ca. Okay, let's talk about some things to do and some things not to do when you're setting your goals. And by the way, it is natural to set goals at the beginning of anything new. So for the people who are like, I don't set goals, I don't believe in resolutions because I don't want to set myself up to fail. It is natural at the beginning of anything new, whether it's the beginning of a new job, a new school year, the beginning of a new year, a new week, a new month, whether it's the beginning of a new phase in your life, it is natural to think about what you want that year that time period you're moving into, what you want to achieve in it, how you want your life to be. So I call BS on people who say, I don't believe in setting goals or resolutions at the beginning of the year because I don't wanna set myself up to fail. It is natural that we want to think about what we want over the next year. Now, if you're worried about failing at it, I would question why are you worried about failing? Chances are it's because you have set goals before and you have not achieved them or you set a resolution and you broke it. That doesn't mean that goals and resolutions don't work. It means that maybe you didn't set a good one or that you didn't set yourself up to succeed at it. So let's talk about some do's and some don'ts. First of all, I think you should set goals at the beginning of the year. I think you should set resolutions. But what is a resolution? A resolution is not a wish. And when most people set resolutions, they're actually making a wish. Similar to when you blow the candles out in your birthday cake. You know, I don't know many people who really think about their birthday wish. They just think of something they want and they blow out their candles and they don't think of it again. That's how most people make a resolution that's not a resolution. When you set a resolution, a real resolution, it is finite, it is done. A resolution is to draw your line in the sand and say this is what I will no longer tolerate in my life. And it is done. It is resolute, finite, complete. It's a raising of the standards of what you'll accept for yourself and of your life. Does that sound like how most people set resolutions? way most people do it is they you know, they say, Oh, this year, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. And they never think of it again. And they don't change anything. A resolution, a true resolution needs to be supported by action. All goals need to be supported by action. If you're just stating, oh, I'm going to quit smoking this year, that is not a resolution because nothing has changed. You need to actually follow through with action. And you need to have a determination that it is final that you are drawing your line in the sand and saying, I will no longer engage in this behavior, and then it is done. So I'm a huge fan of setting resolutions, but really setting a resolution, making sure it is finite, it is done, that you're no longer going to accept anything less than your new standard, the new quality of your life. That's a resolution. Let's talk about goals. See, a lot of people set their goals and they fail at them because they don't set their goals properly. They're not well-formed goals. Now, all goals need to be supported by action. You can't just set a goal and do nothing. If you do nothing, nothing changes. Nothing changes unless something changes. You have to change something in order to change something. You need to take action and do something about it. You can set the best goals in the world. You can write them down. You could you know, you could tell your friends about them, you can make sure they're smart goals, you can set big hairy audacious goals, the BHAG goal, you could put it on your wall and stare at it every day. But until you do something about it, nothing's going to happen without action, you, you have to do your part and do something about it. You need to take action. Now there are some ways of setting goals that work. And there are ways of setting goals that don't work. I'm a fan of the smart goal. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with SMART goals. They've been around for a long time. But in case you're not, the SMART goal is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based. So what does that mean? Specific. You need to know specifically what you want. I would also add under the S because SMART is an acronym when we talk about goal setting. I would add to the S, SIMPLE. The languaging of your goal needs to be simple enough that a five or a six year old would know exactly what you're talking about. Why? Why does it have to be simple? Because your unconscious mind, although very powerful, is like a five or a six year old child. Your unconscious mind is the goal getter. Your conscious mind is the goal setter. You're going to consciously think about what you want, but it's the job of your unconscious mind to pursue it and get it. So you need to make sure that your unconscious mind understands clearly what that goal is. So it needs to be specific, and it needs to be simple. M, measurable. This is how you know when you've achieved it. Your goal needs to be measurable. So you need to know what is what is it? What What is it? A lot of people, when they set their goals, they make the mistake of saying, you know, I want to lose weight this year. Well, how much weight? That's not specific. Lose weight. If you lost... You know, half a pound between now and the end of the year. Well, you've lost weight. Congratulations. That's probably not what you actually mean, though. So it needs to be measurable and it needs to be specific. So measurable. How much weight? If you want to lose fifty pounds, that becomes measurable. Uh, I would say though, it's even better if you're setting any sort of a goal that has a number, like a weight goal, a A money goal, how much money you want to earn, put a put an actual number to it. So when you are writing out your goals, which by the way, I suggest you write them out. Don't put how much you want to lose in weight or how much more money you want to make. Write down exactly the dollar amount you want to weigh or you want to make or the weight you want to be by the end of the year. If it's, I don't know, what other number goals do we set? So maybe, maybe it's a number goal to bring your blood sugar down. Say blood sugar is a problem for you. If you want to bring your blood sugar down, write down exactly what you want your average blood sugar to be at the end of the year or your blood pressure, how what you want it to be. If you want to be able to do something in fitness, say you want to be able to run a 10K by the end of the year. Don't say that you want to run longer or run for longer and improve your endurance. Uh, That's not specific. It's not measurable. It's measurable would be to say that you can run 10 kilometers without stopping. That would be measurable 10 kilometers. And it's specific. So it needs to be measurable. But also under M, I would say it needs to be meaningful for you. Oftentimes, people set goals that have no meaning for them. They set what I call a should goal, right? I should quit smoking. I should drink less. I should eat better. I should go to the gym. I should spend more time on my business. I should spend more time with my family. I should, because there's some sort of societal pressure somewhere along the line that told them you should do this thing. And so they think they should set that goal, but it has no meaning for them if you set a goal that has no meaning for you, you won't follow through on it. I can pretty much guarantee it. So just because your doctor says, hey, you know what, I'd like to see your blood pressure come down. And you say, well, I need to bring my blood pressure down. I should change my diet. I should exercise more. You're not going to follow through. It has to have meaning for you. So M, it's got to be measurable. It's got to be meaningful for you. Our next letter A achievable. Some people say attainable, I say achievable. So is it achievable? If you said I want to lose 50 pounds between now and next week, not achievable. That's too fast, too much too fast, it's not healthy. There is no healthy way you could accomplish that. It's impossible. So that would not be achievable. But if you say 50 pounds between now and the end of the year, very achievable. You know, if you give yourself 52 weeks to do it, that's less than a pound a week, that's very achievable. And you could do that and accomplish it in a very healthy and sustainable way. If it's I want to make a million dollars this year, well, you have to look at where are you now in terms of achieving it. So if right now, if you have no way of earning money, so let's say you're unemployed currently, you have no business, you're not sure how you're going to earn money, but you want to make a million dollars over the next year, might not be achievable. But if you have a business that's already doing well, and you have plans on how you can scale that business to do a million dollars in revenue, then sure, why not? But if right now you have you're starting at zero, or even negative, uh, maybe not as achievable. Now I can be pretty out there when I think of what people can achieve. So I don't want you to take this and think that you need to water down your goals, if you know you can do it and you firmly believe with every fiber of your being that it is achievable, then absolutely go for it. Go for it. Don't let me or anyone else tell you it's not achievable. It needs to be achievable in terms of is it it safe? Can you do it safely? Can you do it in a healthy way? And do you believe it? If you are starting at zero and you fully believe that you can make a million dollars this year, then by all means, Do it, go for it. Set a plan, a course of action, and do it. It wouldn't be achievable, though, if you're like, I don't think I can do it, and you have all these doubts and negative emotions about it. Then set a goal that you believe in. So, achievable also has to be what is believable for you. Do you believe you can do it? If not, you will sabotage yourself. So, set a goal that is achievable. And also, we want to set it as if now. So, when we write our goals, which again, please write down your goals, you want it to be as if now. When you write your goal, write it as if it's happening now or it has already happened. You've already achieved it. Are realistic. Is the goal realistic? So, I know at my age now, I'm not going to become a concert violinist. It's not very realistic. I know this because concert violinists, they start training when they're like two years old, maybe three. So their neurology develops with that instrument in their hand, it becomes a part of their neurology. That's how a concert violinist is built. That's how they develop. And they practice for eight, you know, maybe eight, nine, sometimes longer hours per day, It's not realistic for me because at my age, my neurology is already pretty wired. So I'm not going to develop the neural networks to play the instrument at that level. And it's also not realistic because I don't have the time to commit to that. I also don't have the interest in doing it. So it's not going to happen. Could I learn to play the violin? Absolutely. Could I learn to play it well? Sure. Am I going to be a concert violinist? I don't think that's going to happen for me. I also don't think it'd be realistic for me to set a goal to go to the Olympics. Uh, again, that ship has sailed for me. I don't have the time to put into it. I am beyond the age where an Olympian begins to develop and train. That's not going to happen. Could I learn a sport? Absolutely. Could I become proficient in it? Sure. Could I compete as an adult in at an adult level? Yeah, of course of course, but am I going to be an Olympian? Probably not realistic. In terms of business, it would not be realistic. If I set a financial goal that is way beyond anywhere near what I have done in the past, I could set a stretch goal for okay, this is how much revenue I've brought in over recent years. This is the trend I see this is what I see I can do the opportunities that I have in order to grow my revenue. I could set a stretch goal for it and say if I really push for it, I could achieve this. But if I say my business is doing 100 grand a year, and I say I'm going to do 5 million this year, with no plans and no pathway to do that, it's probably not realistic. Could I double it and say do 200? I think that's realistic. So what is realistic for you? And we also want to look at what is responsible under R. So Would it be responsible if I said I'm going to lose 50 pounds in a week? No, because I'd have to do some pretty, well, extremely drastic things, like potentially even remove parts of my body in order to do that. So that's not, that is not realistic. and It's not responsible. Even saying I want to lose 50 pounds in two months, I don't think would be responsible. I think that'd be too extreme. So what is responsible and we want to look at responsibility in terms of what is the overall effect of this on, my, on me, on my mental well-being, my spiritual well-being, my physical well-being. What would the effects be on those closest to me? What would the effects be on the greater community? And what would the effects be on the environment? Because if I need to cause harm in any of those areas, it's probably not a responsible goal. So is it responsible and is it realistic? And then time-based, T. The goal needs to have a deadline to it. You need to know when it needs to be accomplished by. Now deadlines can be fluid and and I think they should be kind of fluid. So I look at time two ways. One, we need to have a date to aim for and two, we need to be flexible in it because sometimes life's going to happen and the universe may have other plans for you. So you might say, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. But maybe you don't hit a million until like January 30th of 2024. Does that mean you failed? No, you just needed an extra month. So maybe, maybe you don't hit it until halfway through the next year. Does it mean you failed? No, you just needed more time to accomplish it. So the date can be fluid, it just needs to give your your mind something to aim towards and work towards, but also allow for fluidity. And I would say that goes for all goals. We need to be flexible in our approach. You know, I often when I'm setting goals with clients and working with clients, training students, the the example I give is let's say you want to make hundred dollars today. And you have in your backyard, you have this beautiful apple tree that is full of apples. And you think, I can sell my apples and I bet I can make $100 selling apples. I'll set up a stand on the street corner and I will make $100 selling apples. So you set up a beautiful stand and you bring in a really nice table and you display your apples and you set up your sign and you're ready for business. And someone comes along and they say, wow, you know, I really like that table. I'll give you a hundred bucks for your table. And you say, no, I can't sell you the table because I need my table to sell my apples. That's not being flexible. So you need to have behavioral flexibility when it comes to your goals. So your goal is in this scenario, your goal is to make hundred dollars that day. Your plan is you're going to sell apples, but then at the same time, you also have to be open for all the other opportunities to make your $100 because you don't know how it could be achieved. So be flexible in how the goal is achieved and at the same time take action towards it. I know it's a little bit of a paradox and we need to think in terms of paradox when it comes to our goals. So you need to have absolute laser focus on what you want. You need to take action to get it and at the same time be totally open to how it happens and be flexible on when it happens. Does that make sense? I hope that's making sense. So we have our SMART goals, and we know we need to write them down, and we know we need to be flexible in achieving our goals. Here are some things not to do. When you're writing your goal, these are words to avoid, words that are comparatives. So those would be words like more, less, uh, better, worse, anything that's comparing something to something else. Avoid comparatives because they're not specific enough. So if you were to say, I want to make more money this year, what is more? How much more? If you made five cents more between now and the end of the year, you've made more money. Congratulations. Be specific. So if you have any comparatives in your languaging of your goal, that's not a specific goal. It's not going to work. You won't get what you want. And avoid negations. So any words like don't, not, can't. And your your unconscious mind and remember your unconscious mind is the goal getter. Your unconscious mind cannot process a negative. And here I'll prove it to you. Don't think of a blue tree. Don't think of a blue tree. What did you just think about? You thought of a blue tree. And I know there's probably some of you who are thinking Oh, Terry, no, I didn't think of a blue tree. I thought of a green tree it had to be blue before you could change it to green. And if you're thinking, no, Terry, I didn't think of a tree at all. You can't think about what you don't want to think about unless you think about it first. Think about that. You can't think about what you don't want to think about unless you think about it first. So before you could think about a not tree, you had to think about a tree. Before you could delete the tree, you had to think about the tree. Think about it. So if you say... And this would be a really terrible goal to set. If your goal was say, I don't want to be broke this year. Well, then what are you focused on? You're focused on being broke, because your unconscious mind doesn't hear the, the don't. And then all you're focusing on is being broke. So no comparatives, no negations in your goals say it the way you want it. Use language that's focused on what you want. So if you don't want to be broke, that's what you don't want. What do you want instead? What do you want? And again, be specific, because I know there are some of you who would say, well, I want abundance. That's not a goal. That's not specific. You have to get specific in your language. How much money do you want to make this year? How much profit do you want to make this year? What would your take-home be this year? What do you want specifically? Say it the way you want it. To help you achieve your goals this year, I have created the Goal Achievement Blueprint. It is an online course to help guide you through the process that I use with my high-performing clients to help them set and achieve their goals, including a very powerful process of quantum goal-setting techniques. So if you want that grab it in the show links below and set yourself up for success this year. It's only $67. You'll have lifetime access to it. So if you want that, grab it, the goal achievement blueprint. There have been studies that show that you are more likely to achieve a goal if you write it down. Now don't just write it down and forget about it, write it down and put it somewhere where you will look at it every day. I review my goals daily. I have them written on post-it notes where I see them every single day in my office. It's part of my morning routine to review my goals, to align myself with them so that I'm conscious of them every single day. As one of my coaches says, you know, treat your goals like they're brain gum. Remember when you were a kid and you'd get like a big piece of hubba bubba gum or whatever gum that you chewed as a kid and you'd get this big piece of bubble gum, and you would chew it and chew it and chew it and you would chew it until it started to get kind of hard and it would lose all its flavor and you'd play with it and you'd blow bubbles with it and you would like stretch it out in your hands, which now that I think about it, it was really gross. We're like touching and playing with the gum and then putting it back in our mouths. But hey, you know what? We survived. We did it. We survived. We're fine. So you want to treat your goals like bubble gum for your brain. You want to chew on them all day. You want to play with them. You want to have them top of mind all day long. I really wish I came up with that analogy, but I didn't. That's from one of my coaches. So write them down. Write them down in the present tense as if it's already done. Write it in simple language that a five or six year old can understand. Be really specific in what it is that you want and put that goal somewhere where you will look at it every day to remind you to keep it top of mind. Keep playing with the goal. Keep running it through your mind over and over. Treat it like bubblegum. Here's some not effective ways of setting goals. So the most effective is write it down. But what about there are people who say you need to tell someone? And I would say that is not accurate. Because what happens if you tell the wrong person? Have you ever had a big, beautiful goal and you tell someone and they go, oof, well, that seems pretty far-fetched. How are you going to achieve that? And what does that feel like? What does it feel like when somebody poo-poos all over your goal? It doesn't feel good. It's defeating. It's deflating. It takes the excitement out of it. So I do think it's good to tell someone your goal. But only the right people. So, who do you tell your goals to? Well, you tell them to your coach. You tell them to your fellow mastermind members. You tell them to people who can help you achieve them. Otherwise, keep your goals close to your heart and do not share them. Only share them with people who can support you and help you and guide you. Do not share them with people who are going to belittle them doubt them, make you feel, you know, insecure about them or unsure of them. The other downfall with telling people your goals, and I was reading this in a recent study, is that sometimes when people get really excited for us, we get this dopamine rush. And that sometimes can deter us from actually pursuing the goal, because you get the reward without actually doing the thing. Oof. It makes sense, though, so, doesn't it? You tell someone your goals and they get all excited for you and they're like, yeah, that's so awesome. You can do it. And you tell another person, they're like, yeah, you're amazing. Oh my God, it's going to be incredible. And what happens to your motivation? When I was reading that study, I could see that in my past where I told people my goals. And then the more people I told, the less motivated I was because I was getting rewarded. I was getting my dopamine hit by not doing anything we want the dopamine hit to come from achieving the thing and doing the thing, not from talking about doing the thing. So be, I guess what I'm saying is tell people your goals sparingly. Tell people who need to know your goals, like your coach needs to know what it is you're working towards. A business consultant needs to know what you're working on. Um, You know, anyone who can help you achieve it. So if there's someone else that you need To know about your goal because they're going to be a part of you achieving it. You can talk to them about it, but otherwise, keep your cards close. Don't share them. You don't want to lose your motivation because you're getting either too much of a reward by sharing the goal that you no longer feel the need to pursue it, or feeling bad about your goal because they're poo pooing it and telling you you can't do it and you have too many Doubting Thomases in your life. Okay, so write them down. Tell people very sparingly. Let's talk about vision boards. Now I'm going to talk about this. And this might ruffle some feathers it did on Instagram when I talked about this on my Instagram reels. I'm not a fan of the vision board. I used to do vision boards. I'm not a fan anymore. I do not suggest doing a vision board. Vision boards do not help you achieve your goals. But Terry, I did a vision board once and I got what was on my board. Yeah, you didn't get it because it was on the board. You got it because of other factors at play. The other things we're talking about, you knew what you wanted specifically, you took action to get it, you probably obsessed about it, thought about it a lot. Um, It's not because it was on the vision board. Vision boards don't help you achieve your goals. In fact, there was a study done on vision boards. And man, I got to start quoting these studies. I got to start jotting them down when I find them. But anyway, there was a study done on vision boards. That again, it's the same thing. It's when you have the vision board, and let's say you put it up in your office, and you look at it every single day, your unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. So it starts to think that you've already achieved it because you have a picture of the thing. Ooh, think about that. So let's say on your vision board is a cruise ship because you want to take a cruise. And your unconscious mind looks at that every day. And is like, well, you have a picture of it. So you must have done It It must be done. Doesn't know the difference your unconscious mind does not know the difference. So you don't want your unconscious mind to think that you've already achieved it. Plus, they also found that people with vision boards that look at them a lot, it triggers that same reward center. So they feel the reward, they get the dopamine hit by thinking about it and looking at it, that they never actually take action to get it because they're already getting rewarded without doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But the other problem with vision boards that I see is one—they're often not specific enough. Your goals need to be specific. I can't repeat that enough times in this episode. They need to be specific. Vision boards aren't specific enough because, let's say you have a, let's say there's a—I don't know—we'll stick with the cruise. Let's say you want to take a cruise, so you put a picture of a cruise ship. But you need to—you would need to be so specific that it's like that cruise ship you're going to take. That is it's going to the right destination. You don't know where that ship's going. Is it going to the right place? Is it like, it's just, it's not specific enough. When you're cutting out pictures from magazines, trying to make them fit what it is that you want, it's not specific enough. A much better alternative to a vision board would be visualization. I take my clients through a very specific process using quantum techniques to help them accelerate the achievement of their goals using visualization not just any visualization, but using a really specific process of visualization. That is much better because what your, what your imagination can come up with is far more specific and will be exactly the way you want it versus just having pictures that are kind of a facsimile close to what it is that you want. You know, I've seen people do vision boards. I know lots of people in my network like to do vision boards because they're fun But it's really no more than an arts and craft project. You could save yourself the time, the glue and the paper and just not do one. And get really real with yourself. If you've, if you're someone who likes vision boards, how often are you achieving what's on your vision board? Are you putting the same things on the vision board year after year after year? Are you, do you even remember what's on your vision board? Like if you're not, if you don't have it somewhere where you can see it all the time, because let's face it, they look kind of cheesy, like let's be really real here. I, I don't know many grown-ups. Like when I think about someone's professional environment, uh, and then having a vision board on the wall, their arts and crafts project, it looks kind of cheesy to me. So, how many people really have their vision board displayed where they look at it every day? And I don't know many. I, I, maybe people do. I don't know. But I've never walked into a professional's office, is what I'm saying, and seen like their vision board on display it's an arts and crafts project. Um, And how many of people forget to even look at them? I used to be involved in this networking group that just no longer exists. And the women in there were very, it was a women's group, and they were very into vision boards, so many of them, and they would do like vision board workshops at the beginning of the year, and they would all get together and do their vision boards. And many of them at the end of the year were like, I don't even remember what was on last year's vision board. Or I think this is on my last vision board too. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Well, then it's not working. It's not working. And for those of you who have achieved things on your vision board, I promise you there were other things at play. It's not because you cut out a picture and stuck it on a piece of poster board. That's not what created it for you. Plus, plus they're not specific enough. You get a reward for doing nothing, which can be a deterrent from actually pursuing the thing because you're already getting the feel-good feelings. But also, if you have any doubts, and this goes across all goal setting, whether you're writing it down, doing a vision board, whatever you're doing, if you have negative emotions when you look at it, if you look at it and you feel like, oh, I'm never going to achieve it, you're reinforcing the negative emotions. How you feel about your goals is just as important to what the goal is itself. Remember that. So if your vision board makes you feel bad when you look at it because you're not doing the things, then it is not effective. But that's across all goal setting strategies, you need to get rid of your negative emotions about it, you need to get rid of your doubts about it. That's the work I do with my one-on-one clients is we clean up all their doubts, all their negative emotions. Okay, so like, let's just say no to vision boards. Can we agree to that? Say no to the vision board. I mean, if you really love them, and you want to do it, by all means, go ahead. But please employ these other strategies too, so that you can actually achieve your goals. Next is affirmations. I'm not a fan of the affirmations. I'm not. Affirmations are useful when we're talking about our values and supporting our values. And many people confuse values and goals. So let's talk about the difference. A value is stated ambiguously. Values are high chunk, high level concepts. They're usually represented by one or two words. For example, joy could be a value. Um, Someone told me that they're, they have a word of the year, and it's balance, that would be a value. That's not a goal. It's a value. So values are deeply unconscious filters. They motivate us and they demotivate us. That's a value. And our values determine a lot of our behavior. In fact, a great majority of our behavior is determined by our values. Values are not always things we like, they are what we'll put energy and resources into. So you might not always like your values, you might not enjoy it, but you'll do it because it's important to you. So values are what's important to us. They motivate us, they demotivate us, we put resources and energy into them. Affirmations can be useful in supporting our values. There was a study done at the University of Waterloo, studying the benefits of affirmations. And what they found is that If a person and again, this comes back to beliefs, if a person does not believe the affirmation, if they have doubts about it, negative emotions, then all they are really affirming when they say the affirmation, they are affirming the negative feelings and the doubts, the disbelief. And over time, saying the affirmations makes them feel worse, not better. So it's, it's that bullshit meter that goes off. So if you're say the affirmation is I'm a magnet for money, money flows to me freely and easily. But if in the back of your mind, maybe you have a picture of a bunch of bills you haven't paid, or your bank account balance, and it's pretty low. Or maybe you get a nauseous feeling about it, or you feel anxiety when you think about being a magnet for money. Maybe as you tell yourself that, You get the the BS meter in the back of your mind saying that's not true. There's no money coming in for you right now. Then that's what you're really affirming. You're affirming those negative beliefs. You're affirming the doubts. You're affirming the negative feelings. You're affirming the negative self talk. And over time, you're actually that's what you're strengthening. So over time, you're going to feel worse. You're not going to feel better about it. You're going to feel worse. So, when are affirmations useful? when you already believe it's true. So if you believe it, and and I mean that when you say it, like the pictures in your mind are positive and supportive of that affirmation, the feelings, the smells, the tastes, the self-talk, all of it is in support of what it is you're saying, you firmly believe it 100% with absolute congruency and conviction, then, well, first of all, why do you need the affirmation? Because you already believe it, but it can help strengthen it but affirmations are really only useful for values, right? Money, in this example I gave you, money is the value. It's not a goal. Affirmations have no place in goals. They don't work for goals. And like all goal setting, like I said, you need to firmly believe it with certainty and congruency. Uh, So let's not do affirmations with our goals, okay? I want to talk a little bit more about values. Because like I said, a lot of people confuse values and goals. A value is stated ambiguously. Like I said, values you can have an infinite supply of, like you can have as much joy as you want. You could have as much love as you want. You could have as much freedom as you want. Those are values. So values you could have right now, right? You could could be happy, right now you don't have to there's no steps involved there's no time involved you could have it now you can have an infinite amount of it you could affirm it with an affirmation you can set them for yourself and others so for example a value could be um, world peace that could be a value that's for yourself and others those are values goals however are specific they're measurable Uh, goals require time to actualize, if you can have it right this instant, right now, the moment you decide you want it, you could have it, that'd be a value. But a goal takes time to acquire, takes time to bring into the physical world. Goals have steps involved in terms of achieving them. So there's things you need to do to achieve it. Goals we write in terms of goals or outcomes and what we want. And goals are only for self, we can't set goals for other people, it doesn't work. Like I said, when we talked about the should goals, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So when you're setting your goals, make sure it's a goal and not a value. And this is where the word of the year comes into play. And again, I get in trouble when I talk about words of the year. I think it's great to have a word of the year. I think it's a really beautiful idea. I like to have a word of the year. A word of the year, however, is not a goal, it's a value where it can be useful in setting your goals is that that word could help focus your goals. So let's say, like my friend who said his word of the year is balance, which is a great one, right? It's great to to strive for balance. So balance would be the theme of the year. But then what would the goals be underneath it? So what, what does balance mean? And here are three questions that you can ask yourself to take your word of the year and turn it into a goal. So what does it mean to you? Like what what would balance mean to you, for example, or joy or love? What does that mean to you? How would you know when you've achieved it? That's the second question. How will you know when you've achieved it? And then the final question is, what actions do I need to take? Or do you need to take in order to get it? What action steps? What do you need to do? Okay, so in using my friend's example of balance, so if I were to, if balance was my word of the year, I would ask myself, what does balance mean to me? Well, maybe it means that I am having, you know, I'm having more free time. So I'm spending time doing what I love every week. I'm working maybe at most six hours a day, um, four days a week. And the rest of the time is my time to fully enjoy and work on passion projects and do what I love. Spend it with my friends, my family, my husband, my dogs. My weekends are always free, and my evenings are always free. That I'm off my computer by five p.m. so that I can be fully present and at home with my, with my husband and my dogs. So that would be what it means to me. Now, how will I know when I've achieved it? Well, I'll know when. I feel very satisfied and fulfilled in all aspects of my life and my relationships are thriving. I'll know when I look at my calendar and I can see that I'm working no more than six hours, four days a week, and that the rest of the time I'm spending it doing things that I really enjoy. I'll know because I'll have a feeling of joy throughout my life. I'll feel rested all the time, I'll be more focused, Um, I'll have great clarity on what I'm doing, and I'll also be healthier mentally and physically, I'll be healthier. And now I could take all of those because I have some comparatives there, so I could chunk them down and get more specific, but I just want to give you the example. If that was really mine, I would take those and I would chunk it down and get really specific on how I would know. but I want to give you an overview. And then the third question, what actions do I need to take in order to get it? Well, I would look at, okay, so I need to realign my calendar. I need to look at how I'm spending my time. So I need to change how I spend my time. I need to focus more on group coaching programs and instead of one-on-one, because if I'm only working at most 24 hours a week, I need to maximize my time. So how am I going to use that time effectively? And I would, so I would take actions towards all of these things. I would change my availability. Um, I would schedule out all of my tasks and what I need to do every week, make sure that I can fit them into those time slots. I would look at, like all of all of those things. So those would be the action steps I would take. I would maybe each week spend some time, say on Monday morning, evaluating my calendar to make sure that I'm on track just some examples. And I would chunk all of those down to get into as much detail and as, as specific as I possibly could on all of them. And then I would write it out as a goal that, and I would state it in the present tense by the day I want to achieve it. So for example, it is now January 1st or December 31st, 2023. And, and I would write down what I have achieved that's a goal. Balance is not a goal. Balance is a value. But the value can be used to help focus our goals and help us decide what our goals need to be for the year. So I love I love the word of the year. What I don't love is when people use that in place of a goal. So then they say, well, you know, this year, my word is peace. Well, so what? What about it? What about peace? What about it? it's important? What are we going to do about it? And I've seen so many people set their word of the year. And at the end of the year, they're like, oh, what was my word this year? I can't remember what I said it was. Well, then it didn't work. If you don't remember by the end of the year, then it wasn't that important to you. And you didn't do anything about it. So the word of the year is nice to set a theme for your goals and intentions for the year. I'm also a fan of intentions. We can use them interchangeably with goals. What is your intention? Um, Intention's important. Now, if you want more in-depth goal-setting strategies, then grab my goal achievement blueprint. I'll put the link in the show notes, but grab the goal achievement blueprint and I will guide you through a process, a very powerful process for how to set your goals and achieve them, complete with a workbook that you can download, you can fill it out, you can whatever, do what you want with it. Um, but this is the process that I take my clients through in their goal setting. So if you want that, grab it in the show links. I hope this was helpful for you today. I hope it's helped to give you some clarity around your goals and in terms of setting your goals and achieving them. I'm talking a lot about goal achievement right now, my Instagram page. So make sure you follow me there because I'll have some more tips and strategies. But I wanted to give you as much of a robust conversation on goal achievement today as I could. So this is a long episode. This is one of my longer ones. I'm just realizing we're almost at 45 minutes. Can you believe it? So thanks for listening to me today. I hope you found this valuable. If you did, let me know. Send me a message, as always, on the Instagram, because I like hanging out there. It's where I spend the most of my time on social media, at the Terry Holland. Come hang out with me there. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Or send me an email. Connect with me wherever you want to, really. And if you did enjoy this episode, share it with a friend who you think could benefit from it. So again, Happy New Year. I want to wish you all the best with your goals for this year. Make sure you set some goals. And if you have any questions or if I can help you further with it, feel free to reach out. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now.